Hello everyone, it's Anna. Thank you so much for tuning in today. You are listening to the Baby Sleep Project Show, the place to learn about baby sleep and sleep coaching. Hello everyone, I'm back. I missed a few days of publishing my podcast and that's because I had a quite bad case of sinusitis over the weekend. And although I started to take antibiotics, almost immediately, but my voice was so nasal in, on Monday, Tuesday, and even on Wednesday, that it was just impossible to record anything. But today I'm back and I'm well. Today I selected a question that's about the difficulty of falling asleep. It goes like this. It takes more than an hour for my toddler to fall asleep. What should I do? So what can cause this problem? First of all, if your toddler usually falls asleep easily, then you should suspect there's some small inconvenience, like a stuffy nose, it's hard to breathe for her, a wet diaper, maybe teething, gas, especially in smaller babies, or a hair tourniquet. Once I took my daughter to the ER when she was, I don't know, maybe six months old, uh, she, she couldn't fall asleep and she couldn't stop crying, even though I tried to breastfeed her to sleep. And uh, when I took her to the ER, uh, uh, the doctor undressed her and checked her body parts. And what was really curious he kind of checked her toes one by one very very carefully and i asked him what what he's doing with her toes and he said that he's looking for a hair tourniquet which can very often cause babies uh, distress um okay so a hair tourniquet and i'm gonna read um, a definition from some website i think it's made for moms So a hair tourniquet is a strand of hair that while inside a sock unexplainably wraps around the toe so tight that it can cut through the skin and potentially cut off blood circulation. Okay, so basically it's just a strand of hair that wraps around the baby's toes and especially if the baby wears socks or if the baby is in a sleeping bag, it's it's not something that you would think of. So usually people don't check their baby's feet or toes in particular. So that's why the doctor did it. Um, Actually, in the case of my daughter, it wasn't a hair tourniquet. She was just Cassie. Okay, so let's go back to the original question. So if your toddler uh, has difficulty falling asleep most nights, then it's probably not a small inconvenience that causes this. I will list the four most common reasons. First of all, the environment. The environment should be conducive to sleep. It means that it should be dark, silent, cool and not stimulating. So it can be something in the environment that causes, that makes it difficult for the baby to fall asleep or for the toddler to fall asleep. So maybe the environment is not dark enough, especially if it's summertime 
and the sun still up when you put your uh, child to bed, it can be really difficult to fall asleep because melatonin production is higher when it's dark and melatonin uh, induces sleep. Production of this hormone is suppressed by blue light emitted by screens or the sun itself. So if you would like to put your baby to bed before the sun goes down, then it's best to invest in some blackout blinds. Also, you should make sure that your child doesn't watch any screens at least an hour before going to bed. If the environment is too noisy, that could make it more difficult to fall asleep. Of course, there are babies who kind of fall asleep very easily in noisy environments too, and that's because sleep pressure or the homeopathic pressure for sleep is high enough and it doesn't matter for them. Falling asleep in noisy environments is usually easier when the noise is kind of uh, similar to white noise. So it's like a more monotone, constant noise and not like a silent environment where there's a huge bang every once in a while. That makes it really difficult to fall asleep, of course. Um, the other thing is that if it's too hot, it might be difficult to fall asleep. Of course, it is also when it's too cold, but usually parents make the mistake that they make the baby's room too hot because they are afraid that the baby will catch a cold or something. So don't make the room too hot and don't overdress your child. And finally, an environmental factor that can make it difficult to fall asleep is that sometimes the nursery or, where, or the room where the baby sleeps is just too stimulating. It usually happens because most often the room where the baby sleeps is the same room where the same room where the parents keep the toys, of course. And just too many toys inside can be ver- can make it very difficult to wind down, especially if there are um, noise making, noisy or uh, blinking toys or very colorful, bright colors everywhere. Maybe if you have a mobile still, that can be too stimulating too. So. Make sure if you keep the the toys in the same room, then just make sure to pack away everything before the baby goes to bed. So even when you read your bedtime stories, it's not too stimulating and the baby has time to wind down. Okay, so after the external factors that can make it difficult to fall asleep, let's look at the internal factors. Mostly these come from scheduling problems. So if your baby has a more or less fixed schedule, so he or she goes to bed uh, at the same time every night, wakes up around the same time every morning and has consistent naps throughout the day. Uh, If it's a toddler, I assume it's just one nap in the middle of the day then it can be a case that there are problems with the schedule. So one thing that can happen is that the child is not sleepy enough when she's going to bed. 
and that makes it very difficult to fall asleep. The sleep pressure is not high enough to easily fall asleep for her. Um, that can be caused by uh, several things. The most common is that the last nap, or in this case it's probably just one nap, so the, the, the nap in the middle of the day, the end of the nap is just too close to bedtime. And what is too close depends on the baby. Some uh, children uh, tolerate, uh, even as toddlers, as little time as three hours between the end of the last nap and bedtime. Others need at least five hours so that they can fall asleep at bedtime. So make sure that the interval between the end of the last nap and bedtime is long enough for your baby to get tired. If it is necessary, you can wake your baby up from the nap because some, some babies just sleep as long as they can during their nap and then it makes bedtime really difficult. And they fall asleep later and that makes them wake up later in the next morning sometimes. Sometimes they wake up at the same time and in that case they will just very sleepy the next day. So for those babies for whom the end of the nap is not consistent, you can make it consistent. And usually about two hours for toddlers is enough in the middle of the day. Okay, it can also happen that the, the child is just too tired and many, many children wind up and kind of got hyper uh, if they are overtired and that makes them that makes it very difficult for them to fall asleep. So when you are experimenting with the nap and bedtime, try to look out for signs of overtiredness. So if your child winds up too much, like uh, starts being louder, starts being quicker, runs around a lot, uh, throws tantrums, then these are the signs that she got uh, overtired and it's there, there were too much time between the nap and the bedtime. So experiment with the schedule and try to find one that's ideal for her to fall asleep. Also, sometimes parents make the mistake to assume that their babies need more sleep than what they usually do. Look up sleep need charts on the internet for, for the exact age of your baby. Those sleep charts about sleep needs of babies and children of different ages will give you a rough estimate of what you should be looking out for. Every baby is different and they have different sleep needs, but it's quite unlikely that your child would need considerably less or more sleep than what is in these sleep needs charts. So try to figure out a schedule which takes into consideration the age-appropriate sleep need and the uniqueness of your child at the same time. Okay, let's talk about the third reason. So the first was environmental factors. I listed a few. Second, scheduling problems. And third, winding down. So some children need a lot of time to wind down and usually it's best if that, if that winding down phase is not in bed entirely. So you should allow your child enough time before lights out to wind down. So you can do it, it during your 
bedtime routine. So you don't need extra time to do it, but you can actually incorporate it into your bedtime routine. So the bedtime routine can be anything that you usually do before you uh, put your baby to bed. Usually it's bathing, brushing teeth, if she has teeth already, putting on PJs, uh, sometimes some quiet play together, uh, reading books, singing a lullaby, and so on. So try to find things that not only your child enjoys, but also that are not stimulating. So like um, roughhousing, tickling, um, and other kinds of stimulating play are not okay for kids who has a difficulty winding down. For some kids, it is okay to play these kinds of things uh, before bedtime, and they are actually very good and sometimes recommended because they release stress. And for children who are a little bit stressed, maybe because they just started kindergarten or because of some other things that happened in their life, it can be very good to do the to like uh, play a little rough housing before bedtime to release stress because it's easier to fall asleep if, if they are not they are not stressed. But if your baby doesn't have a, this kind of problem, but instead she is it takes a lot of time for her to wind down, then it's better if you don't do these kind of things and instead you have some quiet time, some quiet play together. So while for some babies they can go to sleep just 10 minutes after running around in the house, others need as long as half an hour or sometimes even an hour to wind down. And why is it better to leave time for winding down at during the bedtime routine instead of doing the bedtime routine as you already do and then just put your kid to bed and wait for them to wind down in the bed. Uh, it's because uh, when they do that, they can uh, develop a bad association with bedtime. So if they need a lot of time to wind down and if they start winding down in their bed, after a few months, they can develop problems and they can start resisting bedtime either because they are bored or because they develop nighttime fears, uh, that, uh, although that usually happens later, like after three years of age. So it's best if uh, you put your baby to bed when the sleep pressure is high enough and they are really ready to sleep. And if they fall asleep within like 15 minutes, so these are the three main reasons why a toddler may have difficulty falling asleep. Um, I left out two other things. One of them is sleep associations. The other one is nighttime fears. Sleep associations can make it difficult to uh, go to sleep, but this is only the case if the circumstances change. So if your baby used to fall asleep for example, used to fall asleep uh, in your lap or on you uh, and now you would like the baby to fall asleep independently, then of course it will take them some time for the baby to learn that. But from the question 
it seemed like there were no such changes. So the mother didn't start sleep training. And so I assume that's not the case. Uh, and finally, nighttime fears. I don't think this could be the problem because usually nighttime fears come a little bit later, like uh, at kindergarten age. And that, that those can make a child nervous or stressed during bedtime. And of course, it makes it very difficult to fall asleep. Actually, I'm in the process of fixing my son's uh, bedtime. So he is three years old. He has been falling asleep independently since, since he was like nine months old, I think. And he has been sleeping through the night ever since. But lately, it takes him longer and longer to fall asleep. And in his case, I see two main possible culprits. One is that he just really not sleepy enough when I put him to bed. And the other is nighttime fears. And I haven't figured out yet which one makes it very difficult for him to fall asleep. So he sleeps in the same room with his uh, sister. And my daughter just started school and she gets really tired around... 7.30, 8pm, so I don't think we can uh, postpone her bedtime later than 8pm. Um, the, the whole family wakes up together at half past six in the morning. So uh, for my daughter, uh, from half past seven to half past six, it's 11 hours and I think, and she's uh, six years old and I think that's the appropriate uh, amount of sleep for her. For my son, he is three years old. Um, he still naps at kindergarten, usually more than two hours. And I hope uh, they will cut back on it a little bit um, because also he also started kindergarten this year. So he's also very tired. He sometimes falls asleep during lunch on the table in the kindergarten. So I hope that when he gets used to uh, the new environment, uh, he won't be that sleepy, that tired at lunchtime. And then he will fall asleep a little bit later, just a half an hour would count a lot, a little bit later uh, in kindergarten. And then I think if he slept about one and a half an hour during the day, and, and not two or sometimes two and a half hours, that would make it easier for him to fall asleep. And the problem is that now I would have to put him to bed later, I think, than my daughter. And that's really difficult because, <laughs> because if I play with my son in the living room, first of all, he is not a quiet child, so that would make it quite difficult to, to make him stay quiet. And but most importantly, my daughter just becomes jealous and feels left out and she wouldn't want to go to bed. And I kind of understand that. So um, and we are trying to find a compromise when it's not too late for my daughter and not too early for my son, like around half past eight, maybe. But still, on occasional nights, like yesterday when we were out with friends, we came home quite late and we only put the kids to bed at nine o'clock. 
And still, it took almost an hour for my son to fall asleep. And he makes all kinds of excuses to come out. Um, first of all, he drinks all of his uh, water from his sippy cup and complains that it's empty. And then like 20 minutes later, of course, he has to go pee. And after that, he just comes out and he says that he's afraid we have to switch the lights on in the hall so that it's not that dark uh, in their room. Um, so he actually complains about nighttime fears, but he doesn't uh, say anything in particular. So it's not like he's afraid of monsters or anything. I think uh, what he labels at, as fear is just this uneasy, inconvenient feeling when you are in bed and bored and you don't know what to think about or you just don't know what to do. So there are two things that I'm planning to do. One is that to talk it out with my daughter, to, to let her brother stay awake uh, later and so postpone bedtime. The other thing that I'm going to try is that I will go in with them and just be there for like half an hour and see if he can fall, fall asleep easier. So that would eliminate uh, bedtime fears. So far I've only done this once and my daughter fell asleep like after five minutes and my son fell asleep after 20 minutes, which is kind of okay. So I'm wondering if, if I do this like as a therapy for like a week to go in every evening and to stay with them until my son falls asleep whether it would make nighttime fears go away or at least I would see if this is the problem so if I'm there and he still cannot fall asleep then I'm for sure have to make a bedtime later for him and the, the problem is that both of these are very difficult and both of these solutions take away from my time because if I'm there with them, waiting for them to fall asleep, that's a really frustrating task. Uh, what I actually do to make it um, less frustrating for myself is that I read something. So, so I will tell them that um, I will use my Kindle with that little uh, built-in light and I hope that doesn't disturb them. But even if it does, that's the only way I can stay in their room because I don't want to just lie there and not do anything so that's one solution and the other one if my son's bedtime is later that's also quite difficult for me because I got used to it that from 8 p.m to midnight it's my time um, but I guess I will just have to think about it as um, very precious one-on-one -on -one time with my son and just find some uh, games that we can both enjoy together. So I will, I will let you know uh, what happened with my son and I hope my list of possible reasons why a toddler wouldn't fall asleep easily will uh, help someone out there. So that's it for today. I hope you found this episode useful. If you would like your own questions about baby sleep coaching to be answered on my show, you can send them to me at 
info at mybabysleepproject.com. You can check out my book about sleep coaching at shop.mybabysleepproject.com. See you tomorrow. Thank you.